Ava Yahweh, thank you for this opportunity again that you offer to me, breath in my lungs, your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom that you've shared with me to share with others. And I pray, Father, that these words that you give me to speak, that you allow me to move forward, that they not only hear what I'm saying, but they listen to what is being said and that they go to your word and seek your face, seek your truth, seek your knowledge, seek your wisdom, Father. So I'm gonna share with you and kind of, I keep saying this, I say it often, but I'm gonna try to keep it dynamically slow or low and um, as I've shared with you that I've been told I'm verbose I don't know where that comes from I don't know how they get that notion no idea where that even comes from except that you all do because you know I am um yeah, I get carried away when I get to talking about God and his word, and I just, I do. I'm going to share something with you right quick, um, and it's really interesting because it, it ties in with exactly the sermon that was being shared, the message that was being shared, and quite honestly, I, I forgive me, but I, I think her name is Deborah. Debbie, her and her husband are started a school in Africa and her husband was in Africa, but she was here and she was asked to speak and she did. So I'm going to share something um, and then and then tie this in because things that she mentioned is relative. So anyway, um, I saw this item that I decided to, that I wanted to uh, purchase because it honored my father. My father was a firefighter. He was my hero. And anyway, so forth and so on. It's a, it's a paracord bracelet. I, I wear one for wounded warriors that, that to honor my brothers and sisters that I served with and took angel flights instead of freedom flights home. And for those of you that won't know, that's because they died. They sacrificed all. Some of us sacrificed some and some of us sacrificed all. And the ones that take the angel flight, they're the ones that sacrifice everything. Meaning that they will never see their children grow up, they will never see their families again, and they will never touch this soil again until after the Lord comes home. Pray for me that they're saved and I'll be able to see them again when I go home. Anyway, I bought another one. It's called, a, it's a paracord and it's got a red stripe in it because of, I wanted to honor my father. My father was a firefighter for 32 years. He started out as the bottom rung of the ladder 
and worked his way all the way up and served as a battalion chief and he fought for 32 years. But here's the interesting thing about this and, and I'll tie this in with the uh, message that was given today because it's the same thing, mentioning the same thing. So on this bracelet, it's got a red stripe that goes around it, but there's a little attachment that is on there. And if you look at it, it says forged in fire. And, uh, you know, at first it didn't mean anything. Then the Holy Spirit started to speak and said, look, look and listen. So I said, look at this. And then he spoke and he says, you are forged in fire. Your faith is tempered and strengthened because you are forged in fire. You are fine jewel and gem and jewelry that's placed in my treasury because you are forged in fire. I am the potter and you are my vessel and I strengthen you because I forge you in fire And pardon me, I'm getting a little emotional here. No, I'm getting a lot emotional here. There are many of us that are walking in this plane of existence and we will gripe and complain about what God allows us to walk and go through. And we might not like something that he has us doing all the time. But remember what I just shared with you. We are a fine piece of jewelry that he puts in his treasury because we are forged in fire. And we are that fine vessel. And when I was a younger man and I had the opportunity, when you make anything porcelain, clay. In order to be finished, you gotta take it from greenware, which is the soft clay that's just initially getting ready to be fired. It's, it's, it's cured, it's allowed to, to dry, get all the moisture out of it so you're molding it and then you can, you can kind of carve into it with your little tool. But in order to finish that, you have to fire it. You put it in a kiln and you fire it. 
and those kilns, that fire that's in the kiln is so bright you can't even look in there. It's like looking into the sun. But brothers and sisters, I say this because I'm, I hope I'm getting her name right, Deborah, Debbie. She was sharing today. She says, we don't, we're not always going to like what God has us to do or the direction that he has us to going. It's not going to be a comfort to us. But you have to be willing to heed and follow his direction. The Holy Spirit is guiding us and there's a purpose. And when the Holy Spirit was talking to me and told me to look at this and then finally there's a bold red stripe that goes around this. And he f shared finally with me, he says, you see, you're forged in fire, but you are healed by my stripes and cleansed. So, and I thought I was just getting it to honor my fire, my firefighter father. <laughs> ah, my goodness gracious. Okay, back to my point. The point is that as Debbie was sharing, gosh, I hope I get that. That's who she was. That's, that's her name. I hate to be calling her out wrongly, but anyway. She was sharing about our willingness to listen to the Holy Spirit. And this goes with something that I, I shared some while back with y'all that you have to be willing to, to do that. You have to be willing to listen when the Holy Spirit has you going to a certain route and you hear this voice going in your head or, you know, and it's a very firm voice. Sometimes you're going to have the, uh, and, and this is how the, this is how the devil and his minions work to that white noise interference. Same thing. You got a lot of things that go on, but you have the Holy Spirit comes in is very strong and very firm. And, uh, one thing that I've noticed about, uh, the minions and, and the devil when he brings out white noise interference, a lot of static. It doesn't seem like a real strong signal. Just trying to trying to disrupt things. The Holy Spirit comes in and he tells you, he says, take a right turn. And you're up there and you normally go to the left. And you hear this firm voice say, take a right turn. Turn right, turn right take a right turn and go around the corner of the building and here comes this person down the street and you go, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in a long time. Somebody you know or you knew, you hadn't seen them for a while and they start to talk and they say, I haven't seen you in a long time and you know, I was just thinking about you uh, this morning I was reading my Bible and, and you know, I had a question. Wow, where'd that come from? So I had a question. I was thinking that you might have an answer. So I will try my best. And then you look up the scripture together and you read that scripture. And then they tell you, oh man, I'm so glad I came down this street. I'm so glad I ran into you. I'm so glad we found each other. 
Did we just find each other? Or did I take the right turn because I was willing to listen to what the Holy Spirit had to say? Don't quench the Spirit. When the, when the Spirit comes and voices to you, I was trying to argue a little bit when sharing this thing how trivial it would seem to others, and that's okay. But the Holy Spirit told me to bring this and share this with you, and now, now it means so much more than just the fact that my father was my hero, but it means so much more. It's going to remind me that I am indeed forged in fire. I am a fine clay vessel because he has put me in the kiln and he has fired me to be such. And I am in his treasury because I'm forged in fire. And he finished me and polished me. And he's still working on me, polishing me. But now instead of just being over in the to be cast, now I'm cast, molded, and he's adding more and more to me. And that's a good thing. No, it's a great thing. Thank you, Father. Abba Yahweh. So, these things, and she was sharing today that you have to be willing to listen and hear the voice. And Jesus tried to do this with the Sanhedrin, and, and they, they had a hard time. Some of his disciples had a hard time too. They didn't quite understand. And he shared with them, he says, and he's told them a few times that, that and reminded me, he said, you've been with me all this time and you've seen and you know. And that in and of itself is an important aspect of what we need to be about as well that when we go to evangelize, when we go to share and to testify the word of God, we must do so in what we know. Because what we know then is truth. Because hearsay is not a proven fact. Hearsay is exactly that, hearsay. How do you know what that person is telling you is true, or the way that the Bible tells you it's written. Because let me share this with you, and the Bible talks about this. In John, it talks about it. In Peter, in his second letter, he writes about it. That there will be those that will come, and they will say they are, but they are not. Which is important. Here we go, 2 Peter, chapter 2. But there were false prophets also among the people. Even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. 
our debt was paid and bought. Basically, uh, that's kind of the way they used to do uh, umpteen years ago, some decades ago, that markers that, that a person owed on something could be bought by someone else, either by a friend, an acquaintance, or someone that was going to make it harder on the person, or just, there are different ways to do it. Jesus ransomed us. He came and he paid all. He paid the debt that we could not pay. And that powerful love that comes from God, that he left his crown behind and left the throne. He was sitting on a comfortable throne in his kingdom of heaven. But he came here to this plane of existence. And he bought. We were ransomed by Jesus Christ. By his stripes, we are healed and made whole. But these false prophets are going to bring upon themselves swift destruction. But you have to remember something too. This is very important. This is the other thing that she was bringing up is that God works out of time. God doesn't work within our time frame. And this is why that young pervert was on trying to post this thing and dance around. Then when he stepped aside, you could see the pentagram and then it was revealed exactly what he, what he is. What he was, he might have repented. I haven't seen anything by him since. But he was a devil worshiper, a Satanist. And he was trying to say that the Bible itself proves that God is a liar and Jesus is a liar and so forth and so on. And nothing he spoke was contextual with any scripture. It was totally out of context. One verse, one scripture, not contextually founded, based with anything else. But you have to remember, and we have been told this in several different places in the Bible. A day is as a thousand years to God. And a thousand years is as a day. God does not work within our time frame. It is beyond the comprehension of our finite minds to understand. Can't even begin to try to figure that out. So stop trying. Have faith, believe, and just remember, it's gonna take fire. It's gonna take trial. He's gonna forge you, but you're gonna be a fine, fine piece of jewelry in the treasury in the kingdom of heaven. You're gonna be that fine vessel that our potter has welded with his hands, turned on the wheel with his hands, and then fired it in the kiln so that we will be able to hold when he pours his blessings through the windows of heaven because we love him and it says that in the scripture that he will open the doors of heaven and pour out blessings upon those that love the Lord and there will not be room to store or keep them. So he makes us that vessel 
and he's going to pour out his blessings. We will not even be able to hold them. And this is why I go back to what I shared with you before. You got to open up your hands because if you're busy holding on to that thing from the past and you're busy holding on to that stuff that people say, well, you don't you remember when you don't you remember when you and say, well, I yeah, I vaguely do. But that was then. And this is now. And Jesus happened in between. So that's not me. That's you're talking about 20, 30 years ago. Or in some cases, you weren't even old enough to be aware of what was going on. You're going by what someone has told you. That's unfortunate, but I love you anyway. So brother and sister, we have to know truth. And this is the other thing that was shared. And this is, this is pretty interesting. I, I never looked at it from this perspective before that you have to understand the truth is not a what, but truth is a who. So let me ask you this. And this, I love this word. I love the I love Greek and Hebrew, and I'm trying to learn both. I'm going to get a couple. I'm going to keep going. This. She used this word up there. I copied it down. I'm going to double check this. Hypnosis. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it. It's Greek. But it's personal knowledge. So, truth. Do you, are you truth? Or are you a teller of lies? Deception, untruth. If you claim, oh, John, John tells us we're going to have to go back over and and uh, see John. But you know that John shares this, and this has to do, I think, is relative to Jesus talking about the hirelings. This is in in uh, on that Jesus is, and there's a lot of names for the Lord, a lot of names we have, but Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, our Aruchi, our shepherd. And that if we are his sheep, truly his sheep, and we know his voice, and he knows his, he knows us. But here's the, the sad part of this, is that the hireling shepherds, those who come and and unfortunately there are, as Peter's talking about here in Second Peter, that there are those that are not going to minister to the flock as they should. That there will be many and uh, chapter two verse two, and there and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Well, they're not going to share the truth because then they're not going to get what they want or they're not going to be able to do what they want to do. I shared with you the church that I, that I ended up visiting and the Holy Spirit took me out of there and, 
I know uncertain terms am I not to go back there and pray about it because again, they can repent. Here's, here's an important, here's something really, really, really important. Really important and I underlined it and highlighted it, but listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the words. Don't just hear what I'm saying, but listen to the words. And through covetousness, covetousness, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Because of their lies, their deceit, their untruth, their unworthiness, and they're not truly caring for you as they should. Basically, you're just a commodity. And that's where that other building, that other meeting place was. That's what they were doing. They were talking about getting others to get into, basically convince them of a uh, pyramid scheme. So they make a ton and other people could make some. That is not at all what you're supposed to be doing in church. But you have to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's not always going to be something that we enjoy. And it might be uncomfortable. But know this, that God promises to be with us through all things. I have a sneeze coming on, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But that we have to know that through all things, even this moment of discomfiture, and remember what I was sharing with you, and I'm, I'm going to look at this all. This thing, every time I look, I'm going to see, see it in an entirely different light. Forge in a fire, and by his stripes I am healed, and I am saved. Brothers and sisters, you have to lean in sometimes and really listen because I've shared this with you before too, is that the Lord speaks in a still small voice. It's not a booming, thunderous, roaring sound. It's not like many waters falling over the waterfall. It's not like continuous thunderings through the heavens, although he does sometimes But he speaks, and, and I think it's a very, it's very demonstrative of the prophet when he was told, when he was trying to make a run for it. He was running from Jezebel because she was mad because on Mount Carmel, he and his men killed her prophets of Balaam 
And she sent a message to him. And he said, I'm going to do what you did to my prophets. I'm going to come and I'm going to find you. And then I'm going to do to you what you did to them. And it was not good. So he ran and ran and ran. And he was led to Hebron. He was led to Mount Hebron. Hebron. I'm sorry, I totally mispronounced it. but God's mountain and he was hiding. Uh, first he went and he was laying out underneath the juniper. An angel came and found him asleep, gave him a kick, woke him up, said, you need to eat something. Gave him that and he fell asleep, gave him another kick, woke him up, said, you gotta go. Time to go, you need to go to God's mountain. And this is where you're going. And gave him a verbal roadmap. Told him how to get there. And off he ran. And then the Lord came and found him hiding in the cave. And I asked him, why are you hiding in this cave? He said, I'm alone. There are, there are no more. It's just me. And I was told that I would be killed. So he's hiding. And God said, hey, you go up on the face of the mountain. Go up on the face of the mountain. So he went out on the face of the mountain. And you remember, you might remember the story that on the face of the mountain, was all the thunderings and lightnings. And a lot of noise. And he couldn't hear anything. He couldn't hear God talking to him. He couldn't hear anything that was being said. There was loud thunderings. And Elijah was, had been hiding in the cave on Mount Horeb. Kind of an interesting situation in that. I'm going to have to look and see if there's some other scripture that can tie this in. But you remember that Jesus was tempted by Satan, or attempted to be tempted by Satan after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and in Kings first Kings is where we find the story of Elijah and this is in first Kings 19 19th chapter I'm flipping some pages bear with me please And so when Elijah took off and he went and he came in verse 9, 19, 9. 
And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am the only one left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, broke the pieces of the stones and they fell down. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And later, and after the fire, a still, small voice. All those things, those tumultuous occasions that were going on around him, it was God's still, small voice. So as she was sharing in the message this morning, you have to be willing to lean in and listen so that you can hear what he's saying. You hear him speaking, but you have to lean in and listen to what is being said. Remember I shared with you, there's a profound difference. They're not synonymous. Hearing and listening are not the same thing. They don't, it's not the same. They don't mean the same. You can hear something and not listen. But it's also, it's very difficult to listen and not hear it. So you can't go back the other direction. But you can hear something and not listen to it. It's just like that, uh, I think I shared this analogy with you, the elevator music. You can hear it and you can kind of tell that there's something going on but without really straining to listen, you can't know what the song is that's being played. So after all these things and all that turmoil and all that tumultuous that was going on the face of the mountain, and a still small voice, he heard it, and it says here, further reading in verse 13, and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Albami, Alohad shall thou anoint to be a prophet in thy room. 
And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jeshu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel and all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and even every mouth which hath not kissed him. So what God is telling Elijah is that things are coming in a change, reminding him that this is his way and that he needs to go the way that he has directed him to go as uncomfortable. But he's also reminding me, he said, Elijah, you are not alone. There are 7,000 in the nation of Israel that have not bowed their knee to that false idol that Jezebel and her prophets tried to get them to bow to, and they refused. They did not bow to Baal. They did not bow to her whims. They worshiped and believed in God. Hashem, the Lord thy God. So all that that was going on with Elijah, running and hiding out in the cave, and God told him with a still small voice, Elijah, go back home. Go back to Israel. There are those that are waiting. They didn't bow. And they didn't give up. You are mine. And that's what I want you to do. We have to be willing. Completely willing. Might not be comfortable. Might not like it. And it could take us completely out of our comfort zone. And there are those that will refuse and they don't want to go out. And I've heard them. I've heard them say, well, we don't have to do anything because we win in the end. I read the, I read the end of the book. Well, how much more of it did you read? Did you read in the rest of the word of God, the Bible, the book of truths, of knowledge and wisdom? where several locations in the Old Testament, God makes us a suit of armor and he tells us that we need to put it on and that as we continue later in the reading of the Old Testament and we go even into the New Testament, that we're reminded of this suit of armor. And Paul writes about that suit of armor and he reminds us where to put that on. I believe it's Ephesians 4. I believe that is Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to double check that here for just a moment. Stand by for just a moment, please. Well, I am sorry. I'm an old guy. Give me a break. 
Remember, give me a break. But Paul reminds us that we are in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual warfare. And it's not on this earthly plane of existence. But we are in a spiritual battle. In spiritual warfare. Reminded, we are reminded of this. And this is why God gives us a suit of armor and he has told us to put it on and he tells us that we need to pay attention to that. And we are, and to understand We have to understand that it's not on this plane of existence that we do. And that's when we have, when the Holy Spirit, the individuals say, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's going to battle for us. Well, that's not exactly what the Bible tells us. What the Bible does tell us is that the Holy Spirit will guide us and there may be battle, but we're going to be told what is the fight that we need to fight. And we're going to know, we don't just step back and let him do everything. Well, there are, there are some things that we're going to have to fight for and be willing to fight for. You have to be willing to lean in and listen to that still small voice in that direction of what we're told to do. And if you don't lean in and listen directions, you're going to miss it and then you're going to wind up getting stomped on. And that can be kind of uncomfortable. But we're going to go over to Ephesians 6. We're going to go to Ephesians 6, 10. Starting there. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So don't argue with your neighbor. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your time arguing with those people that are walking around out there. What's the point in that? If they have a different perspective than you have, or maybe they completely don't believe anything you're saying, that's fine. You know that what you're saying in your heart is the truth, and you are sharing truth. That's all that does matter. It's just like I share with you all the time when I'm talking about validation. My validation comes from the chancellor of my university, and my university is Heaven Sent University. My chancellor is God. Abba Yahweh, Vice Chancellor, Yahshua, His only begotten Son, and the leader and the dean and counselor, 
guidance counselor is the Holy Spirit. And that's the only validation that I need to have. I don't need your validation. I don't need my neighbor's validation. I don't need anyone else's validation. If you don't want to agree with what I have to say, that's fine. It's okay. You remember my pan answer to that is I don't care. And I only don't care in the fact that the validation that I need is from my father, that I'm about his business. And that when I get home, he says, son, welcome home. Good job. You did a good job. I know that things were kind of hard sometimes, but you were faithful to the truth. Welcome home. And then I get to go in and I get to talk to him. I get to talk to Moses. I get to talk to Elijah. I get to meet Lazarus. I get to talk to my mom and my dad, my brother, who is surfing on the crystal sea, enjoying the life. And I get to meet my child that I never met. I shared that with you, that I had a daughter that I never met. She's there. I believe that. Further in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You have to understand that there are individuals that are being puppeted. They are minions. And they think that they're in control, but the agenda is not theirs. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Having your loins skirt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Rema, logos, rema, together. And don't forget this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So for all brothers and sisters, you are in that, you're watching out for one another, we pray over one another, and that is important. That word that he uses, Paul writes, is supplication. humble prayer, a petition to God. Remember, I've shared that with you before, that we come to God humbly, boldly, but humbly. And you can be both. You're not going to come in there and just march in there with your, your shield of faith and stomping in there with the preparation, getting all ready to go, God, I need to talk to you. Oh, no, 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 no. Be humble in your approach with boldness. But we need to be that for our, all our brothers and sisters. And you are in my prayers, 
my going out, my coming in daily. You be blessed this day.